Welcome to Witching Hour, the hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. We have some spooky, fun magic for you today. We have paranormal investigator and proprietor of the Hinsdale House, Daniel Class himself. He's going to talk about all sorts of fun things. I've been working with him with the Ghost Finders, but before we bring Daniel on, where's Patty? Because if I don't do this, I don't know. So I have to look it up for you guys. If you are checking this out on the week we first drop, which is the week of, yes, it is October, Monday, October 2nd. It is Halloween month. It is everything most of us live for. But if you are watching now, I am home. I just got home from uh, Massachusetts Paracon. I'm sure it was fabulous. I'm taping this beforehand. Uh, my friend Sam Baltrusis. So if you didn't make it this year, make it next year. Um, my next thing up is actually right here in LA area, but it's everywhere because it's Orange County Paracon. It's going to be virtual this year like it was two years ago. So you could do it in your jammies and from anywhere that you are with some great guests and some great stuff and panels and workshops and all stuff we're doing from the comfort of your own home. The next weekend, my birthday weekend, October 13th, I'm going to be doing PEX somewhere, but I don't have the information. The paranormal experience. Last year we were at Virginia City, the year before we were at South Lake Tahoe, and this year it's a secret. But I will be, if it haven't already come out, I will be plastering it everywhere when the secret comes out. And then I am heading to Texas with the Ghost Hunter Girls. Natalie Jones, my partner in Paraflix, and Alicia and Haley and Sarah, we are going to the very haunted Hill House. Um, my first time there, again, I love all these firsts I'm getting, and you guys can come with us. You can investigate with us. Tickets are available now, and that is 18th through 22nd in Texas. And then I'm heading for New Orleans, of course, because who doesn't spend Halloween weekend in New Orleans with the vampires? I do. And we are taking over the House of Blues for like four or five days, the Witch's Ball and the regular ball and Babylon. So join us there if you can. Go to EndlessNight.com for information about that. And then I'm going right back to Michigan, Mid-Michigan Paracon, right after that, which is going to be really fun. My first time there, October 2nd through 5th. And then I'm leaving the country and going way down low to Tasmania, but you can't join me there. But more after that, I'll be in Texas, but this is way too much to put on one little video that I can't remember. So go to my website, pattynegri.com, and you could see my list of where I'm going to be and that you can join me and I'd love for you to join me. Also there, you can get to mysterycontrol.com and get some fun merch. My spellcaster line is getting bigger by the minute. We have a yoga line now. And of course, my close to my heart or something else, my Patty's Power Panties, a spell in every pair, change your underwear, change your life. I promise I've been doing it for two decades and they work. And don't tell anybody, if you use the code Patty, you can get 25% off anything on the Power Panties or the Spellcaster line. Also, you can get Witch's Movie Coven, which 
every Wednesday, including this Wednesday, I will be there. Join us live on YouTube and social media, six o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Eastern with Heather and Jason and Richard Layell and Courtney and myself disagree about movies, disagree about witches in which movies. And it's really fun and we want your opinion too. Tuesday, I will be teaching regularly at my school, University Magicus, Magic U. I teach mediumship development, psychic development, spell casting, familiars, past life regression. And I have 20 other amazing teachers from my partner, Father Sebastian, teaches vampire magic, to De uh, Denny Sargent, teaches vampiric and and. Um, all sorts of, uh, not vampiric, werewolf. He's a werewolf magic and lots of tantric, Reiki, hypnosis, uh, astrology. It's the weirdest, most wonderful school you could ever go to. I promise. And it's really affordable. So check out magicu.org or University Magicus. And other than that, I'm exhausted. That's where I am right here, right now. Hi, everybody. Guess what time it is? It is time for the Sleepy Willow Report. I just woke her up from a nap like I always seem to do, but she's resting up because it's almost time for her play date. So this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about how psychic dogs are and cats and birds and probably everything else. But if you wonder if you have activity going on in your house, look at your critter because they see it hasn't got taught out of them like it gets taught out of us. If you notice your dog or your cat looking at you think nothing on the wall or staring up at the ceiling or wagging or barking or growling, they probably are seeing something. Not good, not bad, not anything, but they're magic. So pay attention to your critters. I don't know if it works for fish. It works for birds, it works for dogs, it works for cats, it works for bunnies. Cats really see, and dogs really too, because they're protective. So um, pay attention to your babies. I have never taken her on a paranormal investigation. Um, I probably wouldn't because she's afraid of the dark. Yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. So she gets to stay home for those. But I know she would see things. So again, your puppy, your kitty, your whatever it is, is going to be just as psychic as Willow. And I just brought that up because she's been really active lately. Since I've been home and been on the road a lot, my spirit, Adrian, has been real riled up lately. And my spirit, Belle. Adrian and Belle get along now. Adrian is the ghost who came with my house, who lived here in the 60s to 98. And in the early 2000s, when we moved in, it came with a ghost. And she's great and protective. And she really likes Willow. But She's been really active because I've been in and out. And Willow always lets me know when Adrian's there before my even psychic senses sets in. So pay attention to your babies. That's the magic. That's the Willow Report. Hey, everybody. For this week's magic class, we're going to talk paranormal protection, especially when you're on a paranormal investigation. Since our guest this week is Daniel Class, and he owns the Hinsdale house, and we work together on ghost finders, um, a lot of people who do and don't, or new or old paranormal investigation, don't know that they really need to do some 
protection, whether you call it psychic protection or ghost protection, whatever it is. Now there's lots and lots and lots of ways to do it. Um, so I'm just gonna teach you some that I know work for me. Work within your belief system. If you have a certain religion or belief system, work within that. You call work with angels, call in your angels. You work with Jesus, call in the Christ light. Do your prayers, do your affirmations. But a few things, whatever your religion are, you really have to work intent of what you're doing. Set your boundaries when you're going into a spooky place. Like when I'm doing my seances, if it's like a public one, I only good and nice spirits. You don't want to necessarily go only good and nice spirits if you're walking into the haunted prison and you want to see who's there. But you can control how much they can affect you, how much they can or can't come into you, what you can do. So you set your boundaries. I'm going in to talk to whoever. The place that you want to protect is the back of your neck. Right where your head and neck come together, you go up and down with your head. Feel it. It goes in and out. I don't. I never remember the medical name for it. I've flunked that anatomy class. But that is actually the biggest portal on your body. Think about it. When you pray, you bow your head to talk to God, to spirit, whatever that is. So you want to close that off when you're going on a paranormal investigation. Now you want to open this. This is your third eye. This is so you can, whether you think you're a medium or a psychic or an intuitive or not, we are, but open this up. You want to be able to see and sense and know where the spirits are, whether you're using equipment or your own self. But you really want to close this down. You ever wonder why those who do go on investigations go, wow, I felt it at the back of my neck. I felt it back here. This is that whole crown of illumination. So I use a lot of protective oils like dragonwood and dragon blood and lots of different protective things. But you could use olive oil. It'll work. You could use nothing if you don't want it. If you don't have it, there is beautiful protection oils on the market. But literally rub with your fingers and I am closing this down that nothing is going to get in. Now, if you're a medium and you do channeling, you do trance channeling, I would versus completely shutting it down, you would just kind of control who gets to get in, just like in your front door. You don't let anybody in your front door, you be picky of who gets to come into your physical body. So always do that before you go in, set your boundaries, ground yourself a little bit. Just like with my seances, don't go in hungry. You want to be in fed and also have some high blood sugar. So eat some grapes or some cookies or something before you go in. Because I think that blood sugar raises helps everybody be a little bit more intuitive and aware and alert and be able to experience what's going on. So go in and do your investigation. And the one big, big rule is be respectful. The only time I've ever gotten in trouble or see people get in trouble is when you're disrespectful. TV has gotten way better over the years. It's like the old days of screaming at the ghosts and provoking them didn't work. And who wants to talk to somebody who's yelling at them? Going in respectful. Hello, any spirits here? This is who we are. Introducing yourself. You will get better results and you won't get beat up because you can get beat up by ghosts. And I have. So again, go in with respect listen, be very clear of what your physical, emotional, personal boundaries are, and have a good investigation. Talk to them. If something really negative that you don't like, you have the power. This is our realm of existence. Say, in the name of whatever you believe in, in the name of God, in the name of your dog, and in the name of your Louboutin shoes, you are not welcome. You are not welcome. Stay back, whatever that is. If it feels neutral or good, 
talk to it. And whenever you could talk out loud, talk out loud, because remember, voice is magic. Sound is magic. Your air in your voice when you talk out loud is your life force. So it's they'll hear you if you just talk in your head. They'll hear you better and respond better if you talk out loud. And the next thing is after the invest, be respectful, be open, listen with your outside ears and your inside ears. Look with your outside eyes and your third eye. Same with smells and tastes and everything. And then when it's time to leave, thank the spirits, good, bad, or indifferent, what they gave you, and tell them they have to stay there. Thank you very much for experiencing. I do something physical, like wipe my hands, stomp your feet on the ground, especially if it's real dirt or grass when you get outside. I am leaving this here, I thank you. Nothing gets to get in my car or my bus or my plane with me. I thank you and close it off. I'm a big Palo Santo user. Um, I'm not a big sage user because I think it's kind of strong, but a little mist of Palo Santo or some incense or some oil is great. But if you don't have it, intent is everything. So you guys can be safe. The spirit world is wonderful. This is our realm. But you be wonderful and they'll be wonderful too. But set your boundaries. That's your magic for today. Go talk to some ghosts. some kind of very special and spooky magic for you today. I have paranormal investigator, magical guy, the owner of Hinsdale House itself, Daniel Class. Welcome so much, Daniel, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to have you. Um, I, I think I actually met you last year in UK, right? Was that at the- Yeah, that was the first time we met. Where I first got your book. And I, I got mean, yours. Certainly, yes, I've certainly heard about the Hinsdale House forever, um, but now we've worked together a couple times with the Ghost Finder. So we just finished filming an episode and we have one ready to launch uh, in, a, on the, in two weeks on the 15th. Yes. But let's forever, I know, and again, you're just so amazing to work with what you have, what you do, what you bring out. But for everybody who's going, oh, tell us about him and who it's like. So um, how did this come about? I mean, a lot of, there's, you are one of the prolific, well-known, seasoned paranormal investigators, but not that many paranormal investigators actually own a super haunted house. How did that come about? I mean, it, it came about when I was going there with my group uh, my, in Western New York. We have a team called the Greater Western New York Paranormal Society. Just going into any location, like like we go in with the ghost finders and we were documenting what we were doing. Um, I didn't know anything about this location when I first went there, which was very unlike me. I'm very big on history and, and understanding, but I was told by my co-founder uh, to let, he'll let me know when we get there. Uh, come to find out, uh, we, uh, you know, I drove up to this house in the middle of the winter. Uh, it was freezing out. Uh, there was only heat in one room. It was like it was like going into like a, like a horror movie kind of in a way because there's nothing around this place. And then I sat down in the living room, and he had me watch the episode of A Haunting. It's called A Dark Forest. And uh, come to find out that I'm sitting in a house that had a failed exorcism, structural exorcism in the 1970s. Uh, families were affected. Uh, families lived there and moved out. Uh, but poltergeist activity, I mean, everything that you can think of was happening at this location. And they've documented in these books that were written by the owner, Clara Miller, uh, Clara Dandy. And, uh, you know, uh, I just drew drew a liking to the location. Uh, it was in disrepair. Uh, it was going to be torn down. And I kind of stepped in and talked to the bank and let them know my interest in renovating it and trying to fix it up to save it so we could research it more. Because it, 
to me, it felt like there were spirits and energy there that wasn't being heard or, and they needed their voice heard. And by tearing it down, that would be, you know, that would be hard to investigate and try to get the answers. And my, my biggest thing right now is trying to get answers to Clara because she's still alive. The family that had the, the failed exorcism in the 1970s, um, she's had a tragic death of two of her children since then, and she believes that the house has a part of it. So I want to be able to give her some answers and some peace of mind. And all the research and things that we've been doing since I've owned it uh, have really opened up a lot of doors uh, to giving her some insight as well. And, and all the paranormal people that come in and investigate, the shows, the YouTube, um, they all play a part in uh, what we're doing there. So it's really cool. That is amazing. And that she's still alive. Have you given her some information yet that has helped we her? Have. We have. We actually, um, for season four of Death Walker, we filmed a two-part episode there and we uncovered some really amazing stuff. Um, the season premiere for Death Walker will be coming out on October 14th. And uh, it's going to be in Niagara Falls, New York at the Rapids Theater. Uh, but we've been able to record her telling her the information that we uncovered to try to give her a little bit of peace of mind with uh, some of the information from there. So it's really cool. Wow. So what is the story of the house for anybody who doesn't know? It was Clara's house at the time and the, the failed exorcism was on the house or on a person? It was on the house. Um, they felt like the house had a, like a mind of its own. Um, they were seeing apparitions, shadow figures, um, the typical woman in white that you would see that was that they've captured dancing around the pond. Um, they, they were capturing creatures that they didn't even understand or know what they were. Uh, they were hearing chanting coming from the forest. There was UFOs involved and all kind of bundled up into one big uh, horror story for this family. You know, they were getting scratched. They were having items thrown at them. The stove was being turned on. So it was uh, a point where they uh, got the priest involved from St. Bonaventure University. Uh, and he actually got the okay to do a structural exorcism. Now, this is before any like the, the movies came out, The Exorcist, anything like that. So this was all very taboo. Is 1974, so um, yeah, and it didn't work. They, they they had a film crew there from New York City. Uh, they had a microphone outside the house uh, when they started performing the exorcism. They said the whole house shook, and then uh, they heard the house. It sounded like the house was screaming, and then it just came back full force. To me, that says that uh, obviously a Catholic exorcism right probably wasn't the right approach, and there's really different levels. Of this location which is why i brought in like our co-worker megan um mm -hmm. i brought in buddhist monks i brought in uh native american shamans i brought in all different types of uh healing levels uh, from different uh, belief systems to try to see if we can heal the land and the property and try to get answers as to what what happened there i think that's brilliant and yes because not all ghosts or demons or whatever are Catholic or right. are this. Or, so I, that's brilliant of you. So now it really is kind of a research center, right? That's what you. Yeah. That's all we, that's all we use it for. Um, I've gone around the world talking about the location. It's been on national TV and we've had people come from seven different countries investigating the location, helping us out. We log all the information from the teams that are there and we're putting that all into a book as well. Uh, just so when teams come there, they have all the information at their fingertips, even even to the point where something happened here at this spot, something happened here at this spot. And we're going to give people the locations where they've captured EVP, shadow figures, uh, ghostly figures, you know, like the, all the locations on the property and in the house where the hotspots are and things, things that are happening, times that they're happening. We've been logging information since 2015 and uh, it's going to it's going to be really cool when the book's done. 
That's amazing. So have you got some answers? Like, is it is something tragic that had happened there? Is it from the land up? Are you starting to get some answers? Yeah, we're starting we're starting to get some answers. So um the, the pond was built um prior to the Dandy family moving in in nineteen sixty nine. And on the right side of the pond, there was all the dirt from the pond just piled over there. Um it was turning into like a swamp land, and that's not how it was originally. Um, so we, we kind of uh, started doing the irrigation from the aquifer, which was filling all the place with water. And we shuffled that over to the pond like it normally would have been and, and started uh, pushing all the dirt out. And when we started doing that, we found a foundation of an old building. Uh, and I said, stop, 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 you know, because I see this all this uh, stone tool or stone, you know, hand, hand done stone layered up on like it looks like a wall, like the stone, uh, like the Chinese wall, you know, and I'm like, there's a foundation here. So, and we just started doing the excavation with a group um, where they're carefully taking the dirt out and we've found a subfloor steps going down into the dirt. Um, we're getting hits for different types of metals and we found some old pieces to the barn. So in any map that we have dating back to the 1700s, we do not have a, a, a building that where this is, where we found this um, foundation. So I'm, I'm thinking that there's gonna be some type of answers maybe there that okay. will, uh, allow us to maybe i don't know i mean it's pre it's, it's got to be like pre-1700s you know that's really, amazing really cool. so now are you finding because i know even renovating when i renovated my 1920s house things got active have and you're if you're digging out onto the land are you noticing more activity at the house itself yet or in land I'm, i mean since we've been doing it the teams have experienced a high frequented amount of paranormal activity in the house and on the land um the what they've been jotting i haven't had a person say i've had a quiet night in a long time <laughs> that have been there so and teams are coming almost every day it's, yeah. it's it's crazy how busy we were this summer um with teams coming in and you know having to update the teams uh anything new that we found out and it's it's just uh it's really cool to see it's, it's like it's like we have a big giant team working together with this place that's with, awesome with, yeah and that's great. it brings the paranormal community together not us versus them versus this i think that's right. great you could be the big come together guy. <laughs> yeah. And we've had this, we had a wedding there this past. Wow. So, you know, it's like bringing, bringing life back into the property. And I, I have scheduled for a wedding next year in August. And uh, it's, it's really cool. Cause we put a nice, nice deck out under the pond, you know, Jessica, our photographer for ghost finders, her husband, AJ, he came there and worked for a whole weekend and built this amazing deck on the pond for the, for the house. And it looks great. Oh, that's beautiful. So where exactly is Hinsdale House for everybody going? I want to go there. Yeah. So it's uh, the closest airport is Buffalo, New York, and it's about an hour and a half south of Buffalo. Uh, it's right on the border of uh, Bradford, Pennsylvania. And Olean is the biggest town close to uh, the house. Olean, New York. Home of St. Bonaventure. Okay. That is good. So how, um, again, and I can't believe I have not been there yet. I know. I I know it's crazy. All the places I go, I'm, I'm saving it for special. Um, so how did you even get into, again, there's parent, how did you get into the paranormal? How, again, cause we're an odd lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I grew up in a, in a suspected haunted house. Oh. Um, a lot of things happened in my house that were unexplainable that I didn't really find out it was a spirit until later in life, you know, like We'd, I'd walk in and there'd be like crayon drawings on the ceiling with the crayon sitting on the floor. And I was just a little kid and my parents would always say people were pulling pranks on us. You'd hear footsteps, you'd hear, oh, the one time, the one time I was camping or my family went camping up in Canada at Shirkston 
And I decided I would stay back with my friend. He lived two doors down and we were going to my house to pick up my GI Joe guys. And I'm probably like 12 years old. And we opened up my front door and we heard it sounded like a little girl singing, bring around the Rosie coming from the upstairs of my house. And I'm like, let's get out of here. And my friend had, you know, he was crazy. He just like ran right up the stairs. And uh, when we walked into the hallway, it, it, we heard it coming from my sister's room. And when we walked past my sister's room, it was like a, one of her one of her stuffed animals was sitting on the middle of the floor and it just moved and tipped over like creepy. Like and she was like OCD. So she had like before she left, all her stuffed animals were placed on her bed. They each had a spot and nothing. She didn't move that. It was moved onto the floor when nobody was home. And of course, when this stuff happened, I always got blamed for everything because I was the only brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're the boy. You did it. Sisters, I get blamed for everything, you know. So is that where you used to got an interest then in the parent figuring out what that was? Yeah, because I ended up buying that house from my parents. And then my family started explain, experiencing some of the stuff that I didn't even think about. I uh, ended up going to uh, Lilydale, um, speaking to a psychic there, which, uh, you know, event, yeah, I didn't know what I thought about psychics at that point. But when I sat down with her, I didn't even give her any money yet. Like I just sat down with her and she was like, you have two children spirits living in your house and they're attached to something uh that's original to them that they love and you need to find that item and i'm like okay so like i'm with my dad i'm like where where is something original you know in this house you know and who are these two kids it made sense that they were kids they were playing with toys they were goofing around you know it was nothing any ever malicious and um I finally i went up into the attic of the house and there was like a little you know those little squares in the yeah. and, and pop that thing open and went up there i'd never been up there before and i put the flashlight around and there were uh, these boards over on the wall and I tiptoed over there. And when I turned the boards around, they were paintings and there were a little boy and a little girl playing with a dog. And it was like a whole series of paintings. And I said, you can go to the light. You know, we found the items that you're attached to. And it felt like it's just like a heaviness lifting off of, of, of the shoulders. Like, I feel like they're part of my family at this point, you know, like it's, um, but I feel like uh, even with more research that I did, I found out that there was a little boy and a little girl that lived, lived there that died of cystic fibrosis looking on old microfiche from the library um we were able to actually get their names and everything so it was kind of like the the first scooby-doo episode of my life and then <laughs> after that i just I, I had a vast interest in learning more and i just started becoming a sponge and doing the events in salem and going to gettysburg and any any place that was haunted and just learning from the investigators that were there and uh you know, I remember uh, going to New Jersey and walking in the ghost hunter's door and talking to Dave Giuliano and what a nice guy. And he just gave you information and you just, you just absorb, you know, and we do that. We all do that now, you know, like we all just learn from each other and and uh, continue to learn, you know, and that's that's what's fun about it. And it's interesting. I love history. I love when we find something that's really cool and it's unexplainable and it just gives you goosebumps thinking about like maybe we just help solve something or help somebody out. Um, it's like a rush. So that's what I enjoy doing. I agree. That is. Um, and you are a historian on this stuff too. So, so I also know from working with you, you too are very, very intuitive. You kind of know where to go. You have all this beautiful equipment, you have cameras and all that stuff, but you too are, are very, very intuitive. Have you always realized that, or is that something that developed with doing this? <laughs> It, it kind of developed with doing it. Uh, the more you do it, the more intuitive you become. And I also I also worked with um, an amazing psychic. Her name's Bernice Golden. I love her to death. She passed away a few years ago. 
but she was, I mean, she worked with Barbara Bush at the White House. She had a radio show called The Golden Hour, and I listened to her when I was a kid. And when I was doing psychic fairs up here in, in Western New York, I got her to be a headliner and got to know her and she'd have me over for dinner and just became like my grandma. She was like my grandmother and I helped do a, like helped her do a podcast on the rate. And I, she always would default back to like, she was on the radio. I'm like, Bernice, we're on the internet. We're not on, we're not, we're not getting any calls, you know? And it was a, uh, it was a great time and a great ending to her life. And uh, she, I feel like she's with me. She's a guide for me and she's, she's, wanted to go to the Hinsdale house. She, she, she told me so many things that have come true in my life that I just can't, it's, it's unbelievable. Like her, her predictions that she had for me when I first started talking to her, I'm like, no, come on, you know, like, and it's, they're still coming true, you know, things that she said. So I would have never thought I'd be where I am today. And uh, I, I think I owe a lot, a lot of it to her advice, you know, just knowing that I can do it and just put forth the effort. So I would bet you that she is with you still and one of your guides. I'm just feeling that really strongly. So, um, oh, I know she is. Like I had my I had my spirit box on at the Hinsdale house the one time, and she came through. She had, now on the air. She was a sweet old lady, but off the air, she had a potty mouth, and she'd probably <laughs> gonna scratch me or something, you know, like for saying this, but for giving her secrets away. But she had a potty mouth, and <laughs> she would always swear, and it was funny just to hear an old lady swearing and stuff. But she, uh she came through on my spirit box and her husband was listening to me while I was doing a live from, from my, my Facebook page. And, uh, he sent me a message after and he goes, Holy crap. That was Bernice. I go, I know. Like, like we were there trying to investigate the house and there she was coming through, just letting me know that she was there. And, you know, she was calling me baby and all the things that she would say, uh, when we were together, you know, and, uh, after that, I just knew she was with me. I was like, she gave me this before she died. She put a piece of rose quartz in my hand, a big piece of mm. rose quartz. And that was her favorite. And I keep that with me wherever I go. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you for that. Um, so what is next for the house? Do you have pl big plans for what you're going to, again, people can go, you could actually rent it, right? You can go do it and do investigations and do research. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have, uh, we have, uh, tours for anybody we have daytime tours if you don't want to come at night uh evening tours and we also have where teams can come and rent the location out and do their own investigation overnight uh for any amount of days that they want to do it um so just go to the website and check that out uh the big plans that we have next are building a museum on the property um so uh we you know there's little things that come up here and there and we have the excavation going on um and but the next big thing is uh, the museum so we're going to be building like an old cabin type setting um, and a base camp for teams so they don't have to be in the house. We're going to have closed circuit cameras with the cameras that are in the house broadcasting live to the base camp. You know, I'm just making it like all the fun things as a paranormal investigator that I would think that I would want on an investigation I am making, I'm going to make happen there. So okay. when the teams come in, it's going to be fun for them. That's beautiful. So you're, and you're kind of setting it up like, like if they were on a TV show where we have, here's the exactly. base camp, here's this. So what a great experience for people who don't get to experience that. Exactly. And then if somebody doesn't want to sleep in the house, they can sleep in the cabin. How, how many people come in? What level of fear do most people have getting there? Uh, there, I mean, there are people that are freaked out. You know, there's people that have, you know, get scared at the littlest thing. You know, they come there because they want to experience something. Then when it happens, they're out sitting in the car because they're like freaked out, you know, like, so, I mean, there's, I mean, all different levels of expertise coming in there. And, uh, I've even, I've even had schools. There's, it's, it's really cool. in the Western New York area, a lot of the like high schools are now having like paranormal clubs. Wow. 
and we can actually go into the schools and talk to the kids about paranormal equipment, investigating how to do it right. It's important because these kids nowadays, they watch some some of the stuff on YouTube and think they can just break into locations and, uh, you know, do things the right way and teach them the right way. Right. So, yeah. And, and you are quite a speaker and a teacher. I think you do more paracons than I do by far. So, um, yeah, people do have to learn because especially, you know, TV's gotten better and better and better how it represents what we do, but there's still YouTube and, and all yeah. those things out there that haven't quite caught up perhaps. Well, it's cool because even some of the YouTubers that, that have done that in the past, they're setting the record straight now. Like I've, I've been able to like have some of them come to the house and, and actually talk about not breaking into locations and, and contacting the owners. And, you know, you can't just have a free for all and, and do this type of stuff. So we've had some pretty big names coming in and um, they're, they're all out there, you know, it's pretty cool. I think the guys I work with, have they been, I think they have Elton and Corey, the overnight crew, the old TFIL overnight crew. Yeah. Yeah, they were just there like last month. That's what I thought. I, I've gone to lots of locations with them and they're great and they are respectful and they do it all right. Oh, yeah. They were they did. They did great research on the location, asked a ton of questions. And I expect their their video on the place to be amazing. When yeah. it's finished. Oh, good. So. Um, what you do all sorts of things again, you you've even made a movie, right? I saw that on your website. Because I know you film and you do all that with ghost finders and everything else. So what is your film? So I, I've done a, a, a couple of shorts films um, and just, you know, when you when you're working with people in the TV industry, you just kind of just absorb like I never went to school for this. I never went to uh, do any of this type of stuff. It's all been like learning. And uh, I just I, I just it's like art, you know, it's like painting a picture and coming up with an idea then putting it on camera and then trying to make it look visually and visually stimulating and hoping people connect with your artwork, you know? And, uh, that's what I've been doing. Like I've been doing like my own shows, like my little, uh, little YouTube shows. And, um, I did a little love story about uh, Christmas time during the pandemic and how they broke, broke up right before Christmas. And then they came back and it's, it's up on my YouTube channel. If somebody wants to go check it out, it's got, it's got pretty good fanfare. People seem to have liked it. And, uh, it's I'll be home for Christmas. It's called. Oh, I love it. Well, I mean, again, working with you and getting to know you as I am, I could see how creative you are. So again, and that's just working with the ghost finder. So how did that come about? How did ghost finders working with Rob and. Yeah. So that came about with uh, Rob kind of calling me during season nine. Uh, he was looking for locations to new locations to do the show at. And, uh, I gave them the opportunity to come to the Hinsdale house to kind of give their perspective on the location. And uh, they asked me if I'd come down and do an interview. And I was, remember I was in Erie, Pennsylvania and I was speeding there to try to get there on time to hit, get my call time. Little did I know how the call times work, but. But I was, I was racing to get there and uh, I got to visualize and see how they did things. And, uh, in a professional way. And, uh, I really liked the professionalism of the group. Um, unlike any other groups that have been there, um, they're, they paid attention to the details and, and wanted to tell the story of the location, which was important. And I loved Megan. I loved having mm -hmm. her, uh, you know, which is so cool having a, a witch on the show, you know, now we have two. 
Um, but I, know. Uh, <laughs> I love working with her. When we open, I know. She, she, she's like a little, my that, little daughter sister. It's like, yeah. Ah. Not that I didn't, didn't like Rob, but I mean, um, you know, I just, I loved, I loved having that aspect on the show and, uh, you know, because I liked what they did, um, I got in contact with Rob and it wasn't me trying to like, oh, let me join your show. You know, it was, uh, I want to see the ghost finders at other locations that I love. So I started giving him new locations to film at for the group. And, um, eventually when they were filming at the Burgeon house, um, and, he asked me if I'd come be a guest investigator on the show and I did. And then there was an opening on the show and he asked me if I would join permanently. And I, I would took a lot of thought because, you know, it's, it's hard to be tied down to a group, but, but the way that the ghost finders film, um, it's not like I'm dedicated to a month and a half of filming or something like that. I can go for four or five days, uh, film an episode and then take a break, you know? So it's, 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 it works out for, for my schedule and, um, it's fun. All the people there are professional. It's uh, like a little family and uh, it's great. It's a great experience. So I've been with them since season 10 and, uh, and moving forward, hopefully. And and season 12 is just drop getting ready to drop now, September 15th on Paraflix. My Paraflix. Yes. yes. Um, but it is like a family. Again, I work with YouTubers. I work with ghost adventures. I work with all these different people. I remember, and Rob always comments that I always said the first time I work with you guys, it's like, this really, there's so much love here. This really is a family. And I stepped in into and feel like this. So, and it's amazing. It's amazing how, you know, the approach that they take the production. I, I, I can't imagine it's easy, like the way that they present themselves, the way that they film. Yes, things take a little bit longer when we're on set. <laughs> but the, I mean, we have the best food, we have the best hotels, we have, you know, you feel like a rock star for a weekend going to film a, a an internet show so television shows so i mean it's a, it's it's fun and i enjoy doing it and, and i'll keep doing it until i don't enjoy it anymore you know it's but i it's something that i really enjoy exactly me too and yeah you do eat really good because they bring in these amazing caterers or these amazing it's like okay let's go um okay so going back to paranormal investigation what is whether at the hinsdale house or somewhere else uh, either your spookiest or most unexplainable or best thing you've ever got to experience yourself i always when when i get asked this question i always default back to this theater <laughs> um it was it was where we held the um death walker premiere last year that was called the riviera theater and it's in my hometown and uh it was cool because i got to actually go in that theater to investigate w with my team and uh, we had the whole place to ourselves in the middle of the night we're in going over some of the stories. If anybody's interested in seeing this theater out, you know, you go to my YouTube page, look for Behind the Shadows, my YouTube show that I do. And uh, there's a, a one called the Riviera Theater that you can watch to get some more of the history and some of the pictures and, and whatnot. But I went up into the mezzanine and the balcony uh, as the rest of the team was on the stage. Uh, you know how sometimes you just want to have that personal experience, right? You just want to, you go alone and you sit down and you, and you just wait for something to happen. And it's Basically what I did, I went up into the mezzanine. I was sitting on the the baby grand piano uh, on the chair, um, set up a laser grid, set up a camera, and I captured the shadow coming out of the wall. There was another organ over there, and it just grew and grew and grew. <laughs> and then it was coming towards me. <laughs> and it was the, the, the laser beams, right? So you, you've seen that. And mm -hmm. you, you would think that these laser beams would go right through it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't penetrating this thing. It was like a black on the wall. So there, 
to me, it was in my mind, I'm like, is this a solid? Is this what the, and I was shaking. I was so scared. Um, I took a deep breath. I stopped breathing. This thing just glided right in front of me. And then what went into the projection room and I just, I gathered my thoughts and I got up and I ran out of that theater like a scaredy cat. Um, this is kind of like the beginning when I first started doing this, but it, I, I think now I'd probably start asking questions to it, maybe trying to get some answers. Uh, uh, but the, the, the key thing with this was, is my, my photographer, I, he ran outside and said, what's the matter? And I said, go plaster this balcony with pictures. He caught it. On, on, not only did we catch it on the camera, he caught it with his own film. And it just looks like a creepy old man just looking down on us. And uh, it was really compelling. Just such a compelling story that I experienced personally that we were actually able to document on camera and catch a picture of it. And uh, it was probably one of the most spookiest things that I've ever experienced. Oh, how fun. Well, yeah. in my experience, theaters are some of the most haunted places. Oh, yeah. Completely. Again, the energy of the people, whether they were on stage or running it or this or that, it's, it's, um, yeah, they, projection rooms, even in theaters, whether I'm at the American Legion Hall or yeah, on Brigades, it's funny that it is. Yeah. Well, I, they, there was definitely some documented deaths that happened there. Of a, of a young woman that was an actress where a sandbag fell, accidentally fell and hit her in the head. And then a, of a man that was working on the roof, falling off the roof. And uh, and there's other energies there as well that we've captured. You know, looks like some uh, patrons sitting in a seat. Also, like, uh, what, what do you call those? The candy stripers or whatever that would walk people down to their seats. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ushers. Ushers. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. So is that where you're going to do it again this time? No, we actually picked another uh, haunted theater in Niagara Falls. It's called the Rapids Theater. Uh, and that one has a lot of mob stories. Uh, it'll also be featured on season four of Death Walker. So we actually filmed there and then we're having, we decided to have the, um, the show there, the premiere there as well. That is amazing. I would love to be there. So, okay, before we go, I know that everybody is intrigued. So tell everybody what you have coming up where they can find you, your YouTube, your website, your social media, so they can all be new Daniel Class fans. Yeah. If so the, the easiest way to find me is my website, danielclass.com. Um, all the links to everything that I'm doing are going to be on that site. Um, we do run the, um, the Hinsdale House as a fundraiser. So like all the money that we get from the store that I have uh, for the items that I sell in the, the haunted Hinsdale House store. And it's, I call it the haunted store. We put all those proceeds to... Uh, the house and renovating it, you know, doing the lawn, you know, painting, whatever we have to do. Um, but we, we, if you look at pictures when I first bought it and you look at it now, you're going to be like, it's not the same house. Um, so um, also um, I have Haunted Magazine, uh, which which uh, I know you've got copies of and you've been featured in before. Um, the next one's going to be coming out next week. It's the it's the most spookiest edition of the, of the season. And uh, that one's available on my website for pre-purchase and all the proceeds from that also go to the Hinsdale house. So I kind of use that as a as a additional fundraiser for the house. So if people are interested in that awesome magazine, it's printed in England and it's shipped over and I send it to everybody that wants it in the United States and Canada. It is an, a beautiful magazine, color, shiny, beautiful, all paranormal. I was honored when they, they featured me in it. Um, and you have great merch, great shirts, great everything, your great merch. I remember when we first met, because I'm a Barbie girl, I'm a collector and I have a coven. You gave me this little beady Barbie size K2 yep. one of my prized possessions. It's like, 
Barbie has her own K2 meter. Ah. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I have a lot of unique stuff and I, I design a lot of cool shirts and I do drops probably a couple times a month of new, new shirts and new designs and sweatshirts depending on the season. You know, we have lots of cool stuff available and uh, it, just go check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. You get autograph items on there. I have when I go to Paracons, I'll have like a celebrity sign my magazines if they're in them or, or, or things like that. And we sell those on there as well. Yeah. Easy way to get some autograph merch. Yeah. So you guys check it out. Go to danielclass.com. Find him on social media. Find him on YouTube because you're going to love him like I do. So thank you. Thank you, Daniel. I hope I see you soon. I think I will oh, see yeah. you soon. Yeah. And again, everybody, September 15th, season 12. Um, my first episode with you guys will drop on Paraflex. Exciting. Places. Yes. So thank you for bringing your magic to Boca Chica. Well, thank you for having me.